virus that we're talking about having to do. You know, a lot of people think that goes away in April. They're getting it more and more under control. So uh, I think that's a problem that's going to go away. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. It will go away. You know it, you know it is going away. And it will go away. And we're going to have a great victory. It's going to go away. Hopefully at the end of the month. And if not, there is much that remains uncertain about COVID, but one thing does seem pretty clear. It's not going anywhere in a hurry. This series is about helping you negotiate the ever-changing COVID landscape, feel confident in your management of COVID patients, and ready with the latest knowledge. This episode is a COVID Chronicles mini, giving you an oversight of the current paediatric perspective on the disease. I'll be joined by Eastern Health General Paediatrician, Dr. Rebecca Taylor. COVID in Melbourne is both here and yet it seems most likely the waves are still receding from the shore and the tsunami is still coming. We've heard from the very beginning in the media that don't worry, the kids will be okay. Um, But I know from earlier in the pandemic, there was a lot more talk about PIMS, Paediatric Inflammatory Multisystem Syndrome, temporally associated with SARS-CoV-2 with COVID. Um, Can you give us a brief update about the current understanding of COVID and PIMS in kids now? How worried should we be? Um, Are the kids really going to be okay? How important and common is this disorder? Yeah, so I think the only thing that we know with COVID is that anything you put in a podcast will be incorrect in a few months' time. And so I I put that with the caveat as of September 2021, this is what we know. So um, really we're finding that Delta is more transmissible than previous um, strains in children. So in things like Alpha, kids didn't transmit it that often. Um, Kids are transmitting Delta more commonly, perhaps still not as commonly as adults, but they are transmitting Delta more commonly than they had previously. So by default, we might see more children with Delta infection. Delta infection in children is still a relatively mild illness. So about 50% of kids will be asymptomatic. And so kids are still dealing very well with Delta. Um, And those that get sick, we're still probably only seeing internationally about 1% of children needing hospitalisation for that. And so low numbers, um, obviously, if you amplify that by lots and lots of children getting infection all at once, then that starts to feel like sort of real numbers walking through your emergency department doors, but overall low numbers. Of those needing hospitalisations, vanishingly small numbers have significant illness or need intensive care, um, and vanishingly small numbers around the world have died, and they're usually children with significant comorbid illness. They're usually the under six months or the very older teenagers who have got sort of adult comorbid disease. So, um, you know, they might have adult diseases or um, underlying comorbidities or obesity. They sometimes behave a little bit more like adult disease. So, but for most children, mostly the children are fine um, and the children just need supportive care um, for COVID. Um, We don't have lots of treatment options um, for paediatric COVID. Um, We do use dexamethasone um, for children requiring oxygen, um, but for most kids, they don't need it at all and it's just supportive management and certainly so far that's been the majority of children that we've seen through with COVID so far in this wave. Uh, long COVID's the other thing that comes up and people get really anxious about long COVID. Again, the numbers, and they're still coming in for Delta, but the numbers for all COVID to date for children seems to be that long COVID isn't a thing that affects large numbers of children like it does for um, adults. Um, and so it's perhaps somewhere in the ballpark of 1% um, of long COVID. So, and, and, you know, those numbers, are, there's lots of confounders in those numbers in terms of how we understand that. 
when we talk about PIMS TS, so that's that sort of immune response, that hyperinflammatory response that looks a little bit like Kawasaki disease. Um, it was incredibly rare, but we certainly saw it last year after Alpha. We saw children come in after COVID illness, um, maybe a few weeks down the track, um, with this sort of multi-system inflammatory shock-like picture that looked a bit like Kawasaki disease, high fevers, often they'd have some cardiovascular dysfunction with it, they might have some coagulopathy with it, and then things like mucositis or rash or those sorts of things. The numbers coming in worldwide is suggesting that we're not seeing that with Delta. Um, and so in Australia so far, there hasn't been a reported case of it yet. We'd certainly had a number of reported cases this time last year with Alpha. Um, and so that's a significantly different place to where we were last year. And when we talk to our UK and US colleagues, they're not seeing the hospitals cool with it either this time. And so I guess we're cautiously optimistic that we might be seeing more kids with Delta, but perhaps they're not getting that sort of more significant side effect to the same rates that they were getting previously. So um, I'm not saying never yet, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed in that we've had this one around for a while now and we're not seeing those numbers in terms of hospitalizations. You don't hear optimistic and COVID in the same, <laughs> same sentence very often nowadays. So, yep. But that is, it's nice to have a saving grace and to know that COVID does not, that the kids really are likely to be okay and that particularly that PIMS TS, at least for this current strain, because I would be very unsurprised if we didn't see future strains beyond Delta, yep. um, does not seem to be occurring with Delta. That's that's nice to have some encouragement. So thank you for that, Beck. I'm going to take right. that with me today <laughs> as I head into the shoot. It is definitely true that you don't hear optimistic and COVID in the same sentence very often. So shortly after this podcast was recorded, Rebecca called me to let me know that Sydney has had a case of PIMS. Uh, Israel had reported cases. UK had reported cases. They seem to be happening with Delta later than the usual expected two to eight weeks. But sadly, it seems that they are still occurring. And I guess the only thing that we are seeing a little bit um, is... Um, some mild vaccine-associated myocarditis and pericarditis. That's much milder than what we would see in COVID for young people. So we're really encouraging immunisations in young people. Um, but just to be a little bit alert about that, if you did have a young person who was recently vaccinated and came in with chest pain or, um, you know, strange sort of cardiac symptoms, just to think about that in your radar. Um, we've seen lots of it and it's 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 really running a mild course um, for young people. And so it's not a reason not to get vaccinated. It really is a reason to get vaccinated, um, but just to be alert um, to it. Okay, so an early ECG and probably with adults we'd be considering a troponin as well, making sure that they didn't have myocardial involvement. Yeah, it's exactly um, the same. And so both the TIG and PREDICT network um, have both got a guideline for, for the workup and management of that that are really easy to follow. So, yep. Great. Thanks to Beck for a great summary there. We will definitely see more peds with COVID as our children have returned to school in Melbourne. But we can be encouraged about the paediatric figures and more importantly, we can be reassuring to parents. We should take special care with, with children who are under six months or teens who have underlying conditions. We should know that dexamethasone is indicated in children just as in adults who have an oxygen requirement. Unfortunately, PIMS-DS is still occurring, though it remains rare. And perimyocarditis is a known side effect of the mRNA vaccines. However, it's typically mild and self-limiting. Thanks so much for joining us for Thrive. The Thrive podcast is available wherever you listen, with new episodes uploaded periodically. To get the most out of this episode, you can access show notes and a growing library of resources through Workplace. 
Just log in with your Eastern Health email address and password and search for the Thrive Group. We'd love to hear your feedback. Please send any questions, comments or suggestions to thrive at easternhealth.org.au. You can also let us know if you're keen to join our dynamic team. Music by Atch and A. Himitsu.